0: Hello and thank you for listening to episode 417 of 60mw and another of our interview shows and one which is a little bit different because joining me in this one it's chris hello hello this is awesome isn't it it's a bit different i'm looking forward to it mate. Having you join me on an interview show where not only are we going to be talking to james Pax, we're going to be looking at him as well because it's going to be a video show on our youtube channel too should people want to of course you know they're not bothered about looking at us really they can look at james all the way
1: through can't they yeah i'm glad i invested in that webcam i'm not going to tell you my motives for investing in a webcam over christmas you know <laughs> it's expensive time of year obviously with the kids and uh you know spending money on different things so i thought if i get a webcam i can always maybe go into only fans or something uh just start, start. <laughs> people might line. pay me to stop and not show myself <laughs> off so. keep Keep the clothes
0: on, Chris. Don't take any more off. It's dinner. <laughs> uh, the timing of this show is brilliant because it's not too many shows ago. Hopefully, everybody listening to this listened to that show. And if you haven't, go back and listen to it now. Now's the perfect opportunity that you and Adam did a Spotlight Reflection show about Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Mm, Yeah, it was really good. Uh, So last year, we decided that as well as revisiting films that, you know, we weren't sure which way it was going to go, whether we would like them or not. And we haven't seen for years. But we picked a couple of films that we knew we would like. uh, And Big Trouble in Little China was my pick. And it's a movie that I loved when I was a kid, watched multiple times and still... Love it to this day. I think it's it hasn't aged badly at all, maybe apart from Kurt Russell's hair. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just – it all feels a little bit timeless, really. It's yeah. got great dialogue, great action, martial arts, um, comedy. It's got a bit of everything, and it's a shame that it didn't do better when it was released. Yeah. Um, And like we discussed, I think part of the problem was that maybe the marketing people didn't know what to do with it because the, the, you know, your sort of hero isn't the hero. He's not the heroic character, um, really. He's a bit of an idiot. And, uh, you know, but I love the emphasis and focus on the martial arts and Eastern philosophy and magic Mm -hmm. and mysticism and... I think it introduced a lot of Western audiences to all of that because um, the only places that you would have seen that were uh, you know Asian productions and yeah that weren't readily available so yeah I think people weren't ready for it that's the thing but it's that's like I said it's aged like a fine wine over the years and that's why people still love it yeah and we've we've both been podcasting 10
0: years this year and I've been very lucky over over the years I've done like hundreds of interview shows with 80s pitch house now 60mw so i'm in sort of the position where i'm used to like people whose music i grew up listening to movies that i grew up watching i'm used to oh i'm going to talk to those now how are you feeling mate because you know i know you love big trouble in little china are you
1: feeling that you're going to have a chat with james a bit nervous. I might geek out a bit because, and you know, I might blurt things out because it, it's just, well, like, you're uh, the master of the interview shows. <laughs> and <laughs> Whereas, you know, I don't do them very often. So I get a bit nervous. It's that odd feeling, isn't it? I mean, like you've just said, even though I've been podcasting for 10 years and I just do them now and don't take them. I, I just do them, don't think about them. Um, but doing something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone, you know, a bit nervous. But excited. It's going to be fun. And um, But I can't promise that I won't geek out when I speak to James. I I think you should do because I I like to think that's one of the the plus points about
0: the interview shows. Well, all other shows that we do. But regarding the interview shows is that whoever's doing the interview or whatever combination, like it's me and you in this one, that we only chat to people whose work we really love. And, you know, I've made a point of that all the way through every interview show. And I have turned down some interviews because... You know, I'm not a fan of their music or their films and I don't want to I don't want to put anything false on and you know, any false enthusiasm or excitement. So people do know and hopefully everybody listening knows by now that these interview shows are with people that we really love. And when we do geek out and when we do get excited and over enthusiastic maybe, I know I'm I've been guilty of that on many an occasion, is that it's genuine because we honestly love the people's work. So yeah, looking forward to it, mate. It should be really good. So uh, I know, again, people don't want to listen to us. They want to listen to what James has got to say, and I'm sure he's got a lot to say. So shall we bugger off and then come back in in just a second and uh, we'll be back with James. Sounds good. Can't wait. Right well, as always, we always begin the shows by saying thank you to our guests. And it's it's good because I've got Chris joining me this time, which is good. So it's a double interview show because we're both big fans of not just the movie, Big Trouble in Little China and other films that this man has been in, but we're a big fan of the man himself. So thank you, James Pax, for giving us some time today.
2: It's my great pleasure, Dave and Chris, to be on the show. Thank you for your invitation.
0: Oh, we, we've... Uh... We've been looking forward to this for quite a while now, and I think let's let's begin. Of course, we'll begin because not too long ago, Chris and Adam released a show about Big Trouble in Little China, where you played lightning in it. And first of all, we're both huge fans of the film, and I think we both agreed, didn't we, Chris, that that James is a standout in it <laughs> because that I talk about iconic scenes in cinema. You're in uh, in some of those, James. Can you tell us, and I know you must have told this story plenty of times before, but how did it come about that you got the part of lightning in Big Trouble in Little China?
2: That is definitely a story that I would like to tell a hundred times more because it's a classic. I would say from a nobody to somebody. Let's put it that way, which which is what I really concentrate on, you know, telling people. I always believe in positivity, you know. I mean, maybe I'm uh, being a little too much of, uh, you know, a uh, how should I say, optimist. But I really feel, you know, I'm getting older now, and I kind of, uh, kind of uh, went away from Hollywood, and been spending more time in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in Hong Kong, and for the last 20 years, I'm pretty much living in China, but I. Still go back to, to LA and to UK and Europe from time to time, but after I lived in uh, Asia, you know, for a while, then I all of a sudden begin to realize that the world is really becoming such a calamity, you know, and 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 everything you see right now—it's about violence, da 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 da, racism, you know, Asian hates and everything. Especially in the last two years, it's so sad for me as a human being, you know, have have half Chinese and half British. My dad is British. Mm -hmm. And seeing so much hatred going on in the world, in America, and also in Europe as well, you know. And I really feel that uh, uh, people need to be more unified, you know. It don't matter what color and what country Mm -hmm. you are, it's all unified and create a better environment for people to live in. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I would like to do for people. That's why every time when I'm on the show, I like to be positive. I like to be inspiring to people. And that's why I would like to tell the story of how I got this incredible part. <clears throat> this was like, I think my at that time I was about 23 or 25. Freshly out of college, worked two years at the uh, Wall Street uh, at the uh, at one of the uh, stock brokerage house, because my parents in Hong Kong had a, had their own brokerage house, so I was trained to take over my parents' business. But since I was a child, I've always been very active in music, singing, and kung fu. Kung fu has always been with me, as I am inspired by Bruce, as many other people are, wow. uh, hundreds and millions of people. I I, I dive into Kung Fu training, Karate, Taekwondo, Wushu, Kung Fu, I did it all. And on top of that, when I was, uh, uh, living in New York, you know, as a teenager, I watched, uh, Nureyev, you know, Nureyev because you're probably the right age to know Nureyev. Nureyev, Borishkov, back in eighties and nineties, they were the superstar of ballet. Mm And because, and, and, and most of the people would say, Oh, it's so sissy. You know, so sissy. <laughs> I tell you when I put on my first leotard and learn how to do ballet, I said, no, sorry, this is no sissy work at all. Unless you have muscle power on your leg and knowing your balance and center, you're not going to do any movement at all. Yeah. And, and because of my Kung Fu training for years. So I was immediately transferred all that good energy into learning how to do ballet. And from ballet, I went on to do jazz. And I became the first ever Asian dancer appearing in all these MTVs and TV shows. I was always the only Asian male dancer among all the other <laughs> crimson, black and whites, and all of that. Yeah. So at that at that point, I was very proud of myself because within three years, I already, uh, guest starred at, at the Hong Kong Royal Ballet. You know, I was able to do a double tour, you know, it means you're jumping up in the air and turning twice Whoa. and come down and you, your feet is in place in total balance. And, and that's how all these wonderful people, you know, Bruce and Nureyev really inspired me mm-hmm. because to me, when I first went to see Nureyev performing Swan Lake and seeing a male dancer, you know, among 25 other lady dancers on stage. But then as soon as this man comes out, your attention goes straight to New Leaf and everybody else just fade away immediately. It reminds me of Bruce mm-hmm. because in my opinion, there are actors and there are born stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actors can be great actors, but you're not a born star. But people like Nuriev and Bruce, they are born to be stars. Mm-hmm. They just have to sit there, or maybe they just stand there, and your eyes automatically goes to them. Yeah. Because I also learned that when I was studying at the uh, actor studio in New York, you know, the famous actor studio, mm-hmm. and Nuriev gave me that same same aura as Bruce. As you know, Bruce, when he started talking, he's so animated. Mm-hmm. And you just can't take your eyes away from you. The same thing with the new wave, and that's why it inspired me to be a dancer. So combining dance and kung fu, I got a good agent in, in in New York, and my agent actually was the same man who promoted Zhang Long, of course. Probably few of, of the audience knows who Zhang Long are because Zhang Long back in the eighties and nineties were the hottest Asian star. He's as big maybe even bigger than Jackie Chan Wow! today. He's bigger than Jet Li. He's bigger than Jackie Chan because back then there was nobody else. Bruce died. The next Asian actor coming up is Zhang Lung. He's the one that did First Emperor. Mm -hmm. And two years before that was Year of the Dragon. You probably know of the movie Year of the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. But Michael Cimino. It's the first American Hollywood-made Chinese mafia movie. It's almost a a equivalent of Gafa, the Chinese Gaffa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how. And the movie was written by uh, another wonderful director, I can't remember his name. But the movie was so incredibly good, and Zhang was also a very good looking Asian man from Hong Kong. He was incredible. Again, he's a born star, mm-hmm. I must say. And he was instant instantly become a notable upcoming actor in Hollywood. Two years later, he did the movie Big Trouble, not Big Trouble, he did the movie uh, The, uh, The The Last Emperor, directed by Bernardo Bellucci. That movie was like $40 million production shot in China, and the Italian director directed it, won five Academy Awards. Five Academy Awards from Best Picture, Best Director, Best Costume, Best Music. Boom! Unfortunately, Zhang did not win the award for the best actor. Mm. But the movie drove him to boom the stardom. and and, uh, me, uh, and immediately he became a superstar. And that's and the same actor who promoted him, not the same agent. He also signed me up when he saw me sending him these uh, press coverage of a play I did, and and little, little, tiny little play play I did in Seattle Intermont Theater, this is almost like 30, 40 years ago,
0: Yeah,
2: and we had like a 60 days run, two-character play, but it was so powerful, and that I played the lead. It was the same character that Zhang had played 10 years prior. Oh, okay. And... So the, the manager it impresses the manager so much that he said you are gonna be the next Jiang Long, you are the younger version of Zhang Long, and you have very similar quality, and I want to sign you. That's how I got into this very reputable agency in New York. They represent everybody, Kevin Klein, you know, the top top stage, stage actor in New York all belong to that agency. And I'm just a little potato when I first went in there <laughs> with only my you know little play which was very popular yeah that's how I got in anyway make it short he called me and said James I've got this part but they're not so sure which part they want to give you but you need to go in and audition and I said okay fine tell me about the part so then they sent me uh, a couple you know a couple of pages they say you either play this part or you probably can be one of the action action uh, actor i said okay fine so after i read these things i said well one part was actually the leading part uh, uh uh you know that has a lot lot of lines which Dennis Dunn ended up getting it i was very jealous by the way <laughs> back then okay <laughs> which i'll tell you why later i'm a very ambitious man because i do not want to be a loser i always want to be a winner because i believe in myself because since I was a kid, I say whatever I put my mind into it, I will make it happen. Yeah. If I tell myself I can do it, I will make it happen. And don't matter who's going to tell me, no, James, you can't do it. I said, no, I'm going to make it happen because I'm going to show you what I can do. That's always my attitude towards my work and towards my career. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, I prepare myself for like my two weeks with my partner, who is a wushu expert. And he taught me a lot of Wushu moves. I was taking lessons from him. So we prepared a whole 10-minute action from fists into weapons. 10 minutes. So we brought it in. John Carpenter was there, the producer, and also the uh, casting director. And slay my name. Immediately, we go into this 10-minute nonstop action. By the end of the sh- the, 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 the action, John Sudha was That was incredible. That was the best audition I've seen so far. (laughs) You know, so I was very happy. So I went home, I called my agent and I said, I think I did a pretty good job, but I don't know what kind of part they're going to give me. So then uh, uh, almost like a week later, they say they want to give you the part. I said, oh, okay. Is it going to be the leading part? Because that was a part I actually read. You know, lighting has no lines. So I did the action and then I read for the leading part, which was Dennis Dunn's part. Yeah. When he said, you got the part, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, good. good. I'm getting the part." He said, no, you're not getting that part. You're playing the lightning. I said, lightning, I remember there has no lines. (laughs) You know, just shooting your lightning in the hands. I said, "Mm." He said, don't worry, James. This is going to be the one and only Hollywood-made kung fu movie after Bruce Lee, who had died prior to you probably 10 years ago. This is going to be a chance for you. You just make the best out of it. And something might just happen from there. Because back then I was living in New York. Strangely enough, on the same week, we got, <laughs> I went for another audition, which was General Hospital. You probably know. Yeah, yeah. Very big. So Bopper, you know. Yeah. Was sold all over the world. General Hospital has been on TV for 10 years. They never had an Asian part. They said, and then... They designed a new Asian partner and I went out for it. Same week, we got the offer from it, from General Hospital. (laughs) And they said, they wanna offer you a long-term contract, they need to, you design a two-year contract with a couple of thousand US dollars per year, kind of a thing. And you're gonna be on many, many episodes because you're gonna be the new Asian, you know, lead. Yeah. So after I got both offer, we discussed and and, and, and my agent was advising me, yes, General Halif's photo is good, but you need to move on into the big screen. This is a chance, you should take it. Fine, I, I took his advice, went straight to LA, got fitted, boom, I got the part. That's basically how I got the part,
0: yeah. Wow. Wow, well, choice! Oh, those choices you've got to make sometimes, isn't there? You know, where you've you've got those decisions, and you can go that way or that or that way. And uh, that's right. Yeah. What was it? What was it like on the set then? Once you got actually onto the set and you got your scenes. I mean, because the sets were incredible as well.
2: Oh, it's it's you know back then there was no such a thing as CGI. Mm. Everything was real. <laughs> I I I recall we were on like six. Studios means, you know, how big these studios are. Each studio is like a football field. Mm -hmm. And we are on six studios. Everything is hand-built. The sets, the tunnel, the underwater, everything is inside the studio. That's how incredible it is. You know, and one of the most incredible scenes was the the den where they have all the Buddhas, like 30 Buddhas, you know, from left and right. In the end, the Buddhas were just tumble one one from the other everything was handmade or handcrafted and everything is so real that you know me as an actor i felt well i feel like a dwarf you know because i'm just one of the actor mm-hmm. and comparing myself to the immaculate work that these Carpenters has to put into it. I feel I'm a nobody, you know, comparing to how much time they already put in just to put these beautiful sets on. So the actors can walk in there and say their great line. And probably at the end of the day, the glory is all gonna go into the, go to the actor and the director, <laughs> you know, and these craftsmen, they only get their little name at the very end. If you want to really, you, you really, if not, you don't get it. So but I, as an actor, I truly appreciate All that wonderful work that was put in there so that we can enjoy you know uh, to be part of it really it's such a big production it's it 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 made a a nobody realize that what it's what it's like to be in a major hollywood production
0: yeah definitely
2: Uh, honestly when i was 17 or 18 you know i was living in america my parents were living in hong kong and I always thought about being an actor. So I go home for summer vacation, and my mother's friend took me to the studio and had me audition, kind of audition for one of the big main directors. And at the time they was they were already interested in me. But then I see that, you know, everything is so, you know, the sets are not so real. The only good thing about hong kong back then was that every kung fu man is so great mm-hmm. but these <laughs> flimsy looking sets you you touch it it's gonna fall that kind of thing so then from knowing that in hong kong and also just let you know till today in hong kong you don't get a big trailer a mule truck in hollywood you get a big truck with meals everything free roast beef you know, three <laughs> kinds of roast beef, big salad, and then tea and coffee anytime you want, and then donuts, everything for free from day till night. And I recall a lot of extras, they said, would you rather be an extra than sitting at home doing nothing? Because we get all our meals for free. And same for me, I'd rather be working than not working because <laughs> all the meals are so wonderful. You can really get fat on it. that's the thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's not going to help with your martial arts training if, if you eat Definitely too much not. of that. That's for sure.
2: Definitely. Yeah, because Chris. Well, that's how incredible Hollywood oh, yeah. production is. Yeah. And it it really uh, make you feel feel that you, that you as an actor you're proud to be in such a big production. Yeah. Honestly, back then we did not think nobody nobody think this is going to be a huge huge hit. Except John Carpenter, I think John has such an expectation for it. Mm-hmm. But and yet, when the movie was released, as you know, back then this is almost thirty-five years ago, but I remember very, very clearly. In the same week, across uh, the theaters, another movie was on, which was called Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. It was on in the same week. And twentieth century Fox, I hear that the marketing man director, kind of like cramps on their hands. They said, oh my God. You know, Ghostbuster. you know, Ghostbuster had three big superstars. Yeah. You know, they were from the Saturday Night Fever, remember? And look at our movie. <laughs> you know, John Carpenter was the biggest thing. And of course Caruso. you know, but hmm. there's only one Caruso. The other side had three superstars. So they said, uh, we are not going to beat them. And this is a Chinese subject matter, you know. Uh, we're not going to beat them, so let's not even put any money into the promotion. That's what happened. Mm. They did not put money into the promotion, which they were supposed to. Yeah, And that's why it did not do so well in the box office, honestly. And it was a big disappointment for John Carpenter, and I think he was totally disappointed. But whereas for us, you know, we were proud to be in it. We went to the theater to see it. We say, oh, wow, what a great movie, and it's so funny. You know, even though the box office didn't do too well and we heard about the story, but I say, hey, you know, at least while in it being Asians, let me tell you, I mean, again, going back to this thing is equal, you know, for all races, which is what I truly believe in. Mm. Back then in the 80s, the strata is white, black, Latino, Asians. So mm. I'm part of the Asians. I'm the very, in the very bottom of this. Uh, of this uh, pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, I'm competing not with white, black, or Latinos. I'm competing with another fifty Asian actors. Mm. But every time I go for a part, I'm competing with another twenty five people I see all the time. Yeah, and that's how it is. Yeah, you know, I, I it's a, it's it it's that's just the way the business is. So I cannot complain. Yeah. You know? I can't complain and I just take it as it comes. So for an Asian actor to get a part, whether it's a small part or a big part in the, you know, we call it a guest star in the TV series, which I did many. It's already an honor and people get excited, which I was very lucky after I landed and did the big trouble. I got a lot of parts. Mm -hmm. It's like, whatever part I go for 90%, I get them. Yeah. Which makes me feel a little sorry because all the other actors because there's so few parts. So I'm the one getting all the parts. And that's one of the reasons I left Hollywood. You know why? Because I feel that if I'm keep getting the part and what happened to the other guys, you know, also at a point after I did uh, um, the series after big trouble, I did a big series called nasty boys. I know it's out in UK, like a, a a movie, you know, two Mm -hmm. episodes per movie kind of a thing, because yeah. each episode is only 45 minutes. So two episodes together and then make it into a DVD and sell it as a TV movie. And that, that's what I understand. That's what it did. So 13 episodes, they probably had six or seven DVD, which was very popular. It's a wonderful TV series. Dig Wolf produced it, me and Benjamin Brad and Dennis Franz and a couple of other American actors were all in it. Very successful, but I'm, unfortunately due to some delay of scheduling, after 13 episodes, it got canceled. But right after that, I said, I'm already at the top of my career. The only person on top of me is Long. But I'm not going to chase after him. He already had the market. I need to have my own market. And then offers start coming in from Hong Kong. They said, "You know, you're such a wonderful actor. You can act, and your kung fu is good. Why don't you come to Hong Kong and do our movies?" So then, it lured me back to Hong Kong, which is my hometown. Mm. My parents live there. So I went and 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 start doing Hong Kong movies. And the first movie I did was um, with Michelle Yo. You know Michelle Yo. yeah, the yeah. superstar. Yeah. Day. You know, she did the, uh, the the one of the Bond movie with uh, Brosnan, right? Tomorrow Never Dies, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's how she got started. And uh, she was very kind to me. She knew I was a newcomer, you know, and uh, we both, you know, speak English. So she recommended me to the director and immediately the da- director took me in. And I play kind of her love interest in this movie called Heroic Tree. It was a huge success. Three leading ladies, they were all playing Warriors. And I was the man that was, was trying to save the life of Michelle Yeoh kind of thing. I play a scientist. Kind okay. Of. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, I got into the Hong Kong scene from Hollywood, basically. Let me stop here so that you can ask the next question because <laughs> I just keep Ranting on and off. Oh, I I know it's
1: awesome and I, I've been dying to jump in at some point, but I just want to let you carry on talking um, because it's brilliant. And I'm kind of geeking know, a little bit now. I've even worn my, uh, I don't know if you can see it very well, my <laughs> Big Trouble in, in Little China uh, t-shirt wow. just because. Um, but uh, a couple of things first. This is going to be, you're going to not be able to walk out of your room in a minute because you're going to have a big head, but this is just five minutes James Pack's appreciation time. Just a couple of things that you've just pick up, picked up on what you've just mentioned is, I love your positive energy. I love the fact that, you know, you've got such a great attitude towards life. And like you said, you want to spread that positivity. I think that's amazing. And also um, the fact that you're so willing to talk about big trouble in little China at length, you know, um, because sometimes you'll, you you know you'll read stories or you'll hear about actors that are maybe famous for certain roles and they don't necessarily want to talk about it in a make a lot of detail because they've told the stories a hundred times. And I just think it's great that you, you know, you want to share your uh, stories of being on that movie because it is such an important movie for a lot of people. And um, what Adam and I found when we were revisiting it, I mean, we spoke for like two and a half, three hours about the movie and the movie like an hour and an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So we, we talked at great length and right. You know, it's a movie that we love and a lot of people love. And your character in particular, you've got the three storms. um, And, you know, I think although you haven't got any lines in the movie, I think it's fair to say that you are, well, one of the most influential uh, out of the three storms in terms of, just the one that leaves the mark on people because of your, you know, what you do, the lightning and everything. That, um, just there's something about your character that that draws people to to look at you and and you on the screen, and and we had a conversation about well, which was your favourite storm? You know, when you were a kid, um, and it was lightning. You know, because you if, if was you were just cool. That, do you know what I mean? Um, so. Although there was no, there's no dialogue as such, I think that almost adds a sort of element of mystique to your character as well. Uh, as So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, and, you know, the one question I want to ask you is, although Big Trouble in Little China wasn't necessarily a box office smash that it deserved to be at the time, in my opinion what makes you think that people love it even though over 30 odd years after its original release what kind of makes you think that people still love it um my own opinion is that it's got everything in it it's got martial arts it's got uh, comedy it's got action it's got some drama and some tension it's got monsters you know it kind of packs in a lot and we, again one of the things that we discussed was there was nothing in a Western audience like it at the time. You know, I watched Jackie oh, Chan yeah. movies growing up, you know, like Police Story and um, uh, Armour of God and, you know, Sammo Hung and Yum Biu and films like that that they were in. Um, Bruce Lee, of course. But that it was never really a Western thing. And this brings in, like you said, a massive production, a huge kind of emphasis on Eastern mythology and you know an eastern culture and it's kind of like that east meets west and i'm reading some of the the notes on imdb you know it, it w- was originally intended to be a western from what i understand and then john carpenter brought his own spin into it with the the eastern stuff and it, you know i can't remember anything like it you know and, and it's nowadays you know martial arts and eastern philosophy and everything is is huge you know in cinema uh, particularly in western cinema like shang chi was massive last year but the at the time in 1986, there was nothing like it so but going back to my original question like i said what makes it endure what what do you think people's why do you think people still love this movie
2: yes i often think about it myself but like you already mentioned all these factors in terms of it is uh, mythology Chinese mythology, underground world, monsters, beautiful ladies with green eyes. <laughs> these weird weird characters played by, by 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 what's his name the old chap you know and then the three incredible storms that just you know drops down from the ceiling you know each have their own incredible uh, power. And the costumes are just one of the kind. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think it won any award, but I really truly think that year, this movie should have won for the best costume for sure because it was so original. And we wear it, we feel like we are the warrior, that kind of things, you know, and the way the weapons are designed and even my little spinning blade. <laughs> yeah. Today I can, I, I found the, have it custom made and I can sell it to my fans because everybody want that blade and they all <laughs> wonder how to get it. And how already got it made in, in China. here. But all of those factors, I think is what make it special. But more than that, I recall many years ago, there's a movie called Lo- uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think Steven Spielberg shot it. I, th- to me this is like the Chinese version of Raiders of Lost Ark. You know that is more uh, I believe it was Egyptian or something like that but this one is strictly it's very Chinese underground you know and and the time zone is today and yet it goes back hundreds of years ago you know in reference to that and yet it was a modern day in uh, in San Francisco underground you know and then with a bus you know, just all these tiny little elements make that movie is so special and that you can either identify with it and say, wow, that is so brilliant, you know, these little details, which also inspire me when I write my own movie like Shaolin Temple. I try to be detailed about each character mm-hmm. and, and try to find something that is going make to make this character stand out by itself just like lightning, just like thunder, just like rain or the two lady character and, 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 and the, the nemesis, you know, and uh, Jack Burton, all those characters are very distinctly uh, individualized. Mm. And I think all of that elements combined together make this such a great movie, you know, forever, basically
1: just talking about the costumes i mean in particular, yours as well because i think it's like you've got this metallic kind of um armor and you use that to affect by when you're creating all of the lightning like you said it makes it stand out even more because how the lightning reflects and and um moves you know in regard to your costume well i think you you know one of the things that um we haven't really talked about is kurt russell and and looking back at it although he's the lead actor and you know he's on the posters and everything he's really not the hero of the piece is it? he's not that you know because he's a bit of an idiot you know he's he's cocky he's arrogant but and really the main hero is Dennis Dunn's character because he can you know <laughs> so um and he and and like you said like the um the Asian characters so it, that was interesting and I think that's again, possibly what contributed to the, the marketing people being a bit confused with, well, Kurt Russell's supposed to be the hero, but actually he messes up a lot of the time or he doesn't do everything that he's supposed to do. And Dennis Dunn's character saves the day, you know. So that's, again, going back to what you were saying about, you know, you were saying that Asian sort of um, actors and characters are at the bottom of the food chain, so to speak. But that was one of the good things about the movies that elevated th- those kind of, you know, Asian actors to the top you know, and maybe people weren't ready for that at the time. I'm not sure, but, you know, that was just an observation. Um, but I do, and um, thank you so much for telling these stories about Big Trouble because it's, it's you know, awesome. This is funny how life takes these odd twists, isn't it? Last year I was talking about a movie that I love, and now I'm talking to one of the my favourite actors, you know, and people in the film. And you can't, just again, a bit of a James Pack's appreciation is the. Really influential in terms of, I suppose, video game culture and and um, so the, how the movie was. So your character in particular, I'm not sure if you like video games or if you know of them, but Raiden from Mortal Kombat, yes. you know, yes. arguably based on on your character in the movie. Yes, and also uh, Lo Pan um, is, no. you can argue, he's Shang Tsung from from the movie, who's like the you know the the one that does all the magic and the the bad guy and everything. So just, it's a really influential movie. And, and um, yeah, so I just wanted to say thank you again for being doing such a great job, you know.
2: It's my pleasure. I, I, feel, I, I feel that I'm just one of the two of uh, John Carpenter. I'm so blessed to be chosen for that part and to be part of this uh, legacy, I would say, I think. And I really feel that if uh, 20th Century Fox... Uh, boss put the money in it it probably would have done much better yeah of course yeah but still after 20 years 30 years later it still became a cult film i have many fans came to me you know on my fan club and said oh james you know what uh, i grew up with your movie you know and i really respect you and, and uh, da, 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 da. I say, well, you know, I'm so blessed that you said that to me because I'm blessed to be pe- playing a part that becomes so influential to so many of you, mm-hmm. kept your company, give you encouragement yeah. in life, and, and give you hope, you know, in whatever you wanted to do. And I, I'm blessed to be part of it. Really, still today, I feel blessed. Even I have to tell you, <clears throat> it's, it's good. It think. is not easy. Mm. I'm going to tell you something, hopefully 20 years later or maybe 10 years later when I'm back in Hollywood doing all these big movies and everybody's going to say, James, how did you make it? Maybe 10 years later, I will be able to tell the entire world saying that, no, it is not my agent. No, it is not the producer of so-and-so studio. It is my fan. Mm-hmm. They are the one that helped me. No, it, it, yeah. that, that's
0: good that's good to hear james and that you know, you're you're as appreciative of your fan base as you know your your fans worldwide are as appreciative of you too which is you know it's it's really nice to hear that and i'd i'd love to know as well what the experience was like for you to see big trouble on the big screen for the first time not only just to see yourself again on the big screen yeah. But to see the finished, because you, you're on set, and obviously it's a different experience to what you see on on the screen. What was it like for you that first time?
2: It just makes <laughs> makes everything so much bigger, you know. Because <laughs> the screen is so huge. When you're acting in it, you feel small. But when you see yourself or see other actors in the big movie, you say, "Wow, this is incredible!" That's what Hollywood making. Hollywood making movie making is like mm. everything is magnified fifty times more, and, and I I was just totally enjoying watching it. You know, so many characters in and out, chasing each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a fun movie. Like I said, to me, it, it's a Chinese version of uh, you know Raiders of Lost Ark. Mm. So uh, was very dynamic when I first saw it. It, it, for it sure. is, even today, you know, when I see it again, footage here and there, I said, my God, 20 years ago without CGI, they were able to do that. <laughs> yeah. The only thing was my lightning was all drawn in. Yeah, Everything was drawn in. It was not CGI, but it was hand drawn in. And even if you look at it today, it looks so real that you wonder how can an artist do it with just with hands mm-hmm. and now these linings had, had, had. Darker color or lighter color, and yeah. then the color changes so naturally, look like real lightning, and that's where all the artwork department comes in.
1: Mm. Really
2: Amazingly,
1: it, it really is, and you, you're absolutely right. The thing, the thing is about it is that you know there was a lot of practical effects, that, you know, and um, you, although the film is, like I said, over thirty years uh, old, it not it feels kind of timeless it hasn't aged particularly i no. don't think at all it, it still feels fresh and relevant and um you know and i think that's all credit, like you said to the people that helped to make the film um one last question for me about uh, because I, I don't i know you've got loads of other things you want to talk about as well but um there's, there's been talk about a, a remake of Big Trouble in Little China for so many years now. Um, yeah. Different actors are, are, are attached to it. Because I also want to ask you about Dennis Franz as well, because I, I love Dennis Franz. Um, big fan of his from um, NYPD Blue, but I'll get onto to that in a second. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, is it something that you welcome? I mean, do you think that, that the original should just stay as it is,
2: or what are your thoughts on a remake? Well, first of all, I think... The movie came out a little too early. If the movie comes out today, or even uh, five years before, I think the movie would have made 200 million to 300 million. Because after all, you mentioned about Shang-Chi. I agree. Shang-Chi made 450 million because I did a lot of research on it. Without even the Chinese market was not owned in Chinese market, it did 450. And that already surpassed uh, Black Widow and all of that. I think it was ranking number five of number six of last year's uh, box office so if the big trouble comes out today i think he would have done the same number you know with huge success so it is definitely a movie came out a little earlier than it should but rock johnson bought the rights because i did research and he's going to make it i think it's a courage for him uh, to want to make this movie and i think he would do, do it right, you know, to do a continuation of the story. And indeed, Dennis uh, did a wonderful job in the part, <laughs> although I do want to play the part myself. <laughs> and I have to say why, because I've been asked before, you know, only, what, only when I got on the set, I realized that why they picked Dennis Dunn and not picked me. It probably wasn't because of my acting, it's because of my height. Because I'm much taller, you know, Dennis is a cute little guy, <laughs> and in comparison to Kurt Russell, that is a better combo than me standing next to Kurt to, 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 uh, uh, Russell, because him and I stand together, and it just look kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Instead Dennis standing next to him, it looked right. So I celebrate Dennis for playing the part and he certainly was very funny. Man. He was very right for the part, but definitely, <clears throat> I'm on my way back to Hollywood in February. I certainly would like to uh, meet up with the, uh, it's belong to Disney. Now, no longer the 20th century Fox. Yeah, I certainly would like to meet up with the executive of the 20th century Fox. I said, is tell them that you should do it, this movie, right? And you need <laughs> James to be the advisor because I can claim myself to be a Chinese expert now, since i lived in China for 20 years. I'm willing to offer my my knowledge and my service to make all these Chinese mysteries, you know, interesting for the audience. And, and if you want me to play a part, I'd love to play it. I really see that this should become a legacy and I even think about right now that I wanted to do a TV series, just like Cobra Kai of
1: the Karate Kid. Yeah. Awesome. I would like
2: to take, yeah, I think it would be really interesting to take that big trouble and make it into a TV series. I already have some ideas on it, so hopefully something might happen out of that. You never know. But definitely that, is a great idea. Yeah, that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed for that, definitely. And if it does get the remake, you should, at the very least... <laughs> get a cameo part in it at the very least you know so yeah let's keep our fingers crossed for that and we could sit here for hours and hours and just talk about big trouble but there's a lot more to your career than than big trouble in little china of course and you're still very busy and active today please please let me and chris know and everybody listening and, and watching the, the youtube version as well the things that you, what have you got going on now you've got so much planned and and recently done. Let's get everybody up to date with what's happening with James Pax these days.
2: All righty. Uh, as, as I was saying that I spent the last 20 years in Asia to study about my my roots. The other half of my roots are Chinese. is Chinese. So I spent a lot of time understanding about Chinese culture and history and so on and so forth. Just so, so you know, uh, 2006, I starred in a TV movie called The First Emperor and it was actually financed by Channel 4 UK and also Discovery USA. It was a very successful little TV movie. It was done in docudrama style. Mm -hmm. means it is a documentary, but 70% of it, it's all dramatized. means actual actors acting on the parts. And uh, I I recall when it first went on the uh, Channel 4 UK, uh, the rating went up to eighteen percent at one stage. Wow! So it's good, and amazing, yeah, and good. and uh, again in in uh, Channel for UK, uh, not Channel uh, Discover USA, they also told me that they got more sponsors than they ever have <laughs> in a program, <laughs> and uh, and it was a very successful little film, and it was sold to every single TV channel around the globe. That's was successful it. Is. Wow. That's really good. Again, that was Chinese, you know, the first Emperor comparing to the last Emperor Mm. that was 20 years prior to that, you know, done by Bernardo Bellucci. Mm -hmm. So I was very proud to be in that production. And, and, uh, in the last 20 years, I've written three scripts. And, uh, the one that I'm pursuing right now, it's called Shaolin Warrior 7. And I took the, the name out of uh, Samurai, uh, uh, what is it? Seven Samurai, if you recall that movie yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the uh, 60s in black and white by uh, by the famous Japanese uh, director. And I think it was uh, best foreign film back then. So I took that concept, injected into Shaolin Temple. Shaolin Temple is a subject matter that amazes audience around the globe. And uh, because of my study of Wushu, and I always got very amused by the elements inside the Shaolin Temple. And while I was in China, I had my own Shaolin Temple exhibition, group, means Kung Fu group, uh, traveling in Asia and also in UK we did many shows and appeared on many TV shows. So I know a lot about Shaolin. Yeah. And this was actually uh, uh, just about a year and a half ago. This was this was be- before Shang-Chi was aired. And I started writing the script without knowing that whether it's going to be successful or not. But I just believe that this is a subject matter that's going to attract a lot of attention. But after I've written it, and all of a sudden shang Chi uh released and made 450 million. I said, my God, it was the right timing for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yet one of my fans said, Oh, James, you know, I know that you're trying to make this, but shang chi already came out. What do you think? Is it gonna be bad for you? I said, No, of course not. This is bad. <laughs> this is good. This is only a foreplay of <laughs> Shaolin. They are the one that paved the the, the, the road for me already. Because if audience knows Shang Chi can make 50, and I probably can make 600 million to a billion, right? If Star Wars can do a billion, why do you think Shaolin cannot do, you know, the same number? Who knows, right? Mm. Besides China market is another another you know another 300 million. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So, but let me tell you a little bit more about it. It's an IP I created. The plans we have have expanded from a movie into a TV pilot, into a game, computer game, and a comic book. And I already took myself into producing a comic book as we speak right now. We have about five pages uh, ready to go, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, I just joined up with a uh, island company who is also one of my friends richard he was very kind and he loved the idea so uh, he offered the the knowledge of the computer game and he's leading the team to create a a model type so that we can have a discussion with a major publication company and join up together to hopefully to make this a big computer game just like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So the project is very exciting. We are hoping to to have something launched by July for the computer game. And in between that, the uh, comic book is gonna come out. And out of these seven characters, these seven warriors, there are four Chinese. Uh, One of them is Tiger which is the leading character is the year of the tiger. So I launched it with tiger yeah, yeah, and I'm playing yeah. the tiger. Okay. <laughs> and tiger fist is one of the most famous Shaolin Kung Fu because Shaolin Kung Fu has so many different variations, but animal, they call it the animal fist, which actually created by the Shaolin temple.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And that's why Disney took it. And made it into uh, panda kung fu. Yeah, remember all those animals? Yeah. You know? It actually came out of the, the Shaolin kung fu, by the way, and it's written on the big. It was all ro- uh, carved on the wall of Shaolin Temple. So actually, Shaolin Temple owns the right, and I think Disney should pay some tribute to that, which they never did,
0: uh-huh. which
2: I'm not very happy of. Yeah. But anyway, to make the story short, I'm paying tribute to Shaolin Temple. And my character is Tiger, and then we also created two characters for the international actor to join in. One is TikTok, Tic-Tac, like tic toe mm-hmm. But her real name is Samantha. We call her Sam. She is half white and half black. A young girl... Uh, 17, 18 years old, uh, just getting ready to get into college. She's a Taekwondo specialist, and she's going to learn how to do the Nuncha. I'm going to teach her myself because I'm a nunchak expert. And that's her character. And then we have a male Caucasian character by the name of Ricardo. Ricardo. And uh, he's a vigilante. He's a chef in the diner, that kind of a character. But he got recruited into joining the uh, shouting Warriors. So basically, that's the combination of all these characters. But to go back to the Big Trouble of China, Lightning, inspired by the Lightning character I played, I have injected Lightning into one of the characters, which is the fugitive He. It's Chinese pronunciation, and I don't even know how to write it, but I just write it as... H E, but it's actually pronounced her. He's a fugitive. He's being hunted, basically. And he is going to have that look, a similar look as Lightning with a hat, ah,
1: you know, and the okay. armor and
2: yeah. all that. And he does incredible Kung Fu. That's the link between Big Trouble and the uh, the uh, Shining Warrior 7. I love that. So this is, basically. This is something- the way I designed these characters is that, yes, they are superheroes, but they are humans. So, unlike Marvels and all those characters, they can fly, they have superpower. These youngsters have no superpower. Mm. They only have flesh and blood and their muscles and their great Kung Fu, Shaolin Kung Fu skill. So, the way they're going to play the game is wherever, in whatever time zone, because they're gonna be traveling on vortex. They're gonna save the world from peril, whether it's zombies attack, or terrorism, or atom bomb attack, or whatever. These seven youngsters are gonna save the world from peril. And that's basically the scope of the whole uh, movie. (laughs) So there are many possibilities. That's why I say this thing could go as a TV series as well, because you can imagine it's a vortex. Mm-hmm. You, got yeah. anything, you know, to fight against whatever the nemesis are, and that's what makes it so interesting, basically. And that's why Richard said, "Oh, wow, this is incredible. We should make it into a a, a computer game." On top of that, I am already talking to a pretty big company in UK. Monopoly, actually. You probably heard of them. Yeah. They're yeah. a Comic Con yeah. company. Yeah. We do big deal. in Ireland, I understand. Yeah.
0: They're really you know? good. We we cover everything Monopoly do, which is very exciting because I know that that because we cover everything that they do. And if you're going to come across to <laughs> the UK, go. James, yeah. <laughs>
2: there you go. Well, you know, uh, Mr. Boss at the Monopoly, who is already talking to me since last year he Said, oh, I want to bring the whole team, you know, out to Scotland and Ireland to do it to do the big trouble over China. But then, you know, last year was COVID, mm-hmm. and uh, and no Pan was not ready to do it, you know, he's getting a little old. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, fine, whenever you're ready, let me know, and we are ready to do it. And this year, he came back and said, now I'm ready to do it. But I said, wait, besides the lightning, I will do it for you. I would like to. Have Shaolin Warrior te- Seven join up with the Lightning character means when I go on the comic Comic Con tour in in, in UK, it will be Lightning plus the Shaolin Warrior Seven. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to do it? I'm going to do it the one and only Shaolin Warriors cosplay tour means I have at least three to four of the characters dressed in the costume, mm-hmm. in the shorty costumes, boys and girls, including mm-hmm. myself. And we're gonna go to the comic con and meet the old and the new fans. And all the fans can come up and ask for autographs, uh, photo ops, and on top of that, I'm gonna do Q&A to tell people about this IP, because this is the best way to tell people. Yeah, yeah. And let's show a couple of frames from the video game, so they know that it's coming. And then a couple of pictures from the comic book because these are all coming. And the actors are gonna pose, and one or two these actors, one of them is Seng Gao. I'm giving, a, giving him a big plug because later I'm gonna tell you who Seng Gao is. Mm-hmm. He's gonna play one of the Shaolin uh, warriors. He's gonna do on-site demonstration of the best Shaolin Kung Fu you've ever seen since Jet Li came
0: out. Oh, about. I'm I'm ready for this already. I don't know about yeah. you, Chris. It sounds really
1: exciting, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. I love the
1: fact that it covers so many different aspects. So you've got movie, you've got potentially TV show, uh, comics, and video games. Because I mean, they're all huge, aren't they? I mean, video games in particular are massive. So if you can link all of them together, um, it sounds like you're really busy. You've got so much going on.
0: Yeah. How, how are you doing, James, juggling all of, you know, all the all of this at once?
2: Uh, well, I, I must say that, you know, I'm a man who who likes to juggle several balls at the same time because I'm always, like I said, you know, I, I think it's hard today for you to find an actor who not just act, can sing, can do kung fu and also be a ballet and jazz dancer. I yeah. think I'm the only yeah. one around. <laughs> I must say.
0: That's a good skill set. And, yeah. And,
2: and I've been doing that, you know, since I was since I was young. Because I always have various interests. Although I studied uh, at, at NYU was marketing and finance, but I always had my heart is always in arts, you know. So anything that moves and anything related to music, I'm very keen on it. And then, of course, these fans are so kind to contribute ideas and teach me about the business of the computer games and things like that. And that's how they got into it that's why i said i'm blessed because i have these wonderful fans who are supportive mm-hmm. and believe in my project and now they are all my partner who are going to make this ip big and you are included to help me to promote this ip oh definitely thank
0: yeah you. yeah we'll do everything that we can to help promote james of course we will yeah it'd be our pleasure definitely
2: thank you and i, I hope the monopoly is going to sign a contract soon because i'm looking at doing a four to five city tour in uk for this for this uh, cosplay show basically
0: That's, that sounds so good <laughs> we'll have to yeah chris we'll have to get together and, and meet up with james at one of these shows i think
2: looking, absolutely looking I love forward to, i love to see you there you you both have to come all right? and then and then the, uh, the 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 drinks and the dinner is on me all right, we're all gonna have a great time.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
2: And, and one great thing, you gotta hear this. This is one of a kind, like I said. I always do something that nobody's ever done before. Besides the cosplay show, during the daytime, I'm looking to do a DJ party at night. It could be oh, okay. an individual event or it could be a rap party of the co- comic con. So that's how I offered it. Means myself, I'm a DJ. I have other djs on my team so all my actors are going to be dressed up in, in costumes <laughs> and then we're going to have this huge dj party and all the fans can come and dance all night long and party with us
0: it'll be like what being, do you think of that it'll idea? be like being in the middle of the movie won't it chris with you know, yeah people dressed up and all the music going in the lights and everything it will be like being in the movie itself
2: That's right. Even though the movie hasn't even come out yet. Exactly. You're going to get a feel of what *Shouting Warriors are about, you know, with the music and everything. So I think it's going to be totally madly fun.
0: Oh yeah. Like you said, it's so much for you to, to keep all these balls in the air and, and keep the projects on track going forward. And like you said, with things like the comic con and all of that, and fitting that into your schedule as well, uh, which, which is good. It's a good thing that you've got so much ahead of you this year and beyond as well.
2: With all the hard work and the hard study, you know, for the last 20 years, uh, it's time for, for me to bring myself back to Hollywood and tell Hollywood that, guys, there's a better way of making uh, action movies. And Give me a little space. Let me slide myself in there and I'm, I'm going to show you What a Kung Fu movie should be made by an expert Kung Fu man, which is James Pax. Mm. Right now in the market, I'm the only man, not being bragging myself, I'm the only man who can write script, can act, create characters, and can do all the choreography of the action in Kung Fu. I'm the only man in the world right now. And that's what I wanted to prove to them, that give me the job, I will do it for you, you give me 35 million i'm ready to make you 450 million to a billion dollar in one shot and another six coming after just like uh you know the race movie what's it called the uh
0: oh the Fast and the furious period yeah, yeah. and something see th- that's basically my my plan this this is where chris you should jump in and tell james about your martial arts you see you could Ah, yeah, you you, you should tell James about that. Um, Your professional fights, you see.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even dream to embarrass myself. Uh, No, so I, um, like I said, I'm 45. So uh, I was introduced to martial arts about uh, six years ago and a bit of boxing and Thai boxing, um, Muay Thai, that kind of thing. But I've always been fascinated with martial arts. um, And it's not just the skill it's the dedication i think like you said it earlier on it's it's the hard work and it's the, the training and this is what people don't always see they see the end product but they don't see the all of the work that's like kind of a small percentage of it it's actually all of the stuff that you don't see that's uh that's you know goes behind, behind scenes um so i mean for you i mean how how often did you train? Were growing up um, was it every day? How many hours? Because you see, uh, I've seen documentaries about, like I mentioned them earlier on, Sammo oh Hung, uh, Yun Biu and um, Jackie Chan, and they went to the Peking Op- Opera School, and how grueling that was for them. So was it a similar situation for you growing up? You know, were you pushed to your limits? Um, you know, how was that?
2: I have to say, I went through a different kind of grueling training. Uh, Jackie Chan, Yun Biu, and all these people that you can even pronounce Yun Biu's name, right? Which proves to me already that you are a Kung Fu expert. <laughs> because not many people know Yun Biu, people mostly know Jackie Chan and Samuel Hong. But we, honestly, among all those, they are all brothers because they all came out of the Peking Opera in the same troupe. Yun Biu is known to have the best Kung Fu ability, you know, but he kind of fade away along the way. But Biu is definitely someone I totally respect. But they have a different uh, uh, background and different growing up, you know. I grew up in America uh, uh, studying in a petty school in New Jersey. And, and after the school, 3 p.m., that's when I go train and do my Kung Fu and my, my weightlifting. You know, I used to be really buff like Bruce Lee, that kind of thing. But I do respect, you know, that the, the, uh, the, the Jackie Chan and that troupe, they, what they had gone through, and then they had the chance to get into the movie and to become what they are today, you know. is definitely a continuation of the Chinese Kung Fu legacy, which led by Bruce, then to Jackie Chan, to Jet B, da 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 da, da. And then, of course, all these wonderful American actors, such as uh, Michael J. White, and, and many others, you know, whom I respect. And like I said, I'm colorblind. Mm-hmm. And then I would like to invite them to come on my show and to do my uh, 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 Shaolin Warriors. But let me go back to my training, you know. Um, during my high school year, I was, I had various interests besides of keeping my grades. <laughs> After 3 p.m. is when I train. Uh, first is the weight. Second is my Kung Fu. My Taekwondo, and third is fencing. I even uh, went, learned of Western fencing. Fourth is horseback riding. You know, I was competing on jumping the gates and all of that. So I have very various interests in it. And from time to time, I'm also a a, 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 a cross country uh, jogging on the jogging team for like three miles course. So I had a lot of energy, you know, back then. Useless. It's the endless energy I had. That's why I was able to do everything all at the same time and still able to keep my grades okay. And definitely was grueling. It was nothing uh, less than what uh, Jackie Chan had put out for sure. And that's why I was able to audition for Big Tropical in China. And I carry on that uh, training until like when I was in the 40s. And because, you know, I was I, I, I used to train I would have to say six and a half days a week. Means on Sunday, I'm still training, but I give myself half a day of rest so that Monday morning, 6 a.m., I'm ready to get up and run and do my kicks and everything. Mm -hmm. Just so you know. (laughs) Again, was told by all these people. When I was living in New York, I go out and train, I take my shirt off because I love to take my shirt off, just like Bruce Lee does <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm not Bruce Lee, but like I said, I imagine myself like Bruce Lee, which I'm sure many of you do that too when you're a kid. Oh yeah, you know Bruce is such a hero to everybody and he is a hero to me till the day, I must say, because nothing would have happened without Bruce. and this is a statement I want to make nothing had happened to the chinese kung fu without bruce period mm-hmm. yeah so while i was doing all that kicking and whatever bruce does i do 80 percent of it i must say and that's how i learned to kick and punch and all of that and when the crowd gathers around me they say hey are you related to bruce da, da, da. i say, well no i'm not you know he passed away but i am I am an admirer of us. Oh, you look so much like Bruce—the way you build, the way you move, and all of that. I've been told since I was like 16 or 17 years old, in the park, on the bus, and da 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 da. And even when I was like, I was telling you that I was living in New York and I was taking up ballet already. And then one of the General Hospital actor—I can't remember his name now—but he was very kind. He saw me. In the in the uh, dance studio, and then he said, "Oh, James, your kung fu is so good. You know, can you teach me kung fu?" And from then on, I become a kung fu teacher. I was his private tutor, and he was in the general hospital. It was making a lot of money, you know. But I'm his kung fu teacher. So besides the training myself, I was already a kung fu teacher, which make me very proud because. Yeah. I feel that i might have accomplished something you know from just being an enthusiast and finally become a teacher and that's how my progression is, you know and i did not stop training until probably 10 10 something years ago because through the years i have so many injuries on my knee especially my left knee i can hardly jump anymore but i I can still throw in the kicks and all of that. Yeah. And that's why for the last 20 years, I devoted myself not so much into training, but into the training of my mind. I self-taught myself how to write script, which I started 20 years ago. And only by friendly advice, she would read it and she'd say, okay, this is what you should do, da, 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 da. and I self-taught myself by trial and error. After 20 years later, I can say, yes, I'm a scriptwriter. Yes, people read my script, they say, wow, this is incredible. You should get it made. And that's a progression of my life. Kung fu gave me everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Gave me the spirit to lead on and chase after my dream, just like many other people. And until today, I'm still chasing after my dream because now my dream is not being an actor. Now my dream is to have all colors of humans joined together, believing in a project and everybody make it happen. And hopefully it's going to be Shaolin Warrior 7 and it's going to be another IP that the fans are going to treasure it. And the studios are going to tell James that, James, you did a great job, carry on. Yes. That's what I want to hear.
1: Like you said about martial arts, it's not just about the physical, it's about the mental and the spiritual, isn't it? And Although as none of us are getting any younger, but you've got that opportunity to pass on your knowledge and experience, uh, to other people who you can help to make and bring into this business to make them big stars. And you've mentioned one earlier on, do you want to talk about, about that person? Uh, yes. Uh,
2: since I was young, uh, I was always uh, very, uh, willing to help others. Uh, while I was in Hollywood, I was already making, uh, doing very well. You know, after Big Trouble, a lot of offers came to me, and then I went on to do uh, Nasty Boy, which I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the young actors whom I consider him as my younger brother was Mark Tarkaskis. You probably know him yeah, yeah. from many yeah. movies. Yeah. I mm-hmm. won't mention. Uh, at the time, he was a stuntman working at the... Universal Studio, as a stuntman falling off uh, the the bridge, you know, diving into the water, which is a great show. And uh, when I was doing my my first episode, I thought about Mark because every Sunday we go to Chinatown and we share lunch together and talk about this and that. And again, we get together uh, tw- twice a week. He he teach me how to do tumbling because I know nothing about tumbling. So he taught me tumbling. And his father was already a famous uh, a martial art man. And, and he's such a beautiful looking man, I have to say. He's a beautiful face. And we were like brothers training together, you know. And every Sunday we share the lunch. So I thought about him. I, I, I pretty much called him up and said, Mark, you know what? You are a great uh, martial artist and you are a great stuntman, but I really think you need to dive into movies. You know, because you never know what's gonna happen in these uh, 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 stunt work. And instead, if you can be an actor, you probably will do a lot better. So I brought him in to be my stuntman, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple job. I pretty much do everything myself. Uh, but it was basically about riding a motorbike, my ninja bike, because that was my, 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 my symbol, is my ninja bike. Riding my ninja bike around, you know, that's all he has to do, actually. Uh, He got stopped in front of the cop car, and that's the whole scene. It was less than probably 10 seconds of it. And uh, he spent the whole night doing that. And because of that, he got his union card. Because in Hollywood, without a union card, it would be hard for you to do anything. Mm -hmm. But because of that job, he got got into the union, and boom, 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 everything just blew wide apart. He did, you know all these wonderful movies, which I really congratulate him. But he's just one of the actors I helped out to uh, to really uh, become what they are today, and I'm happy that they are doing well. But this young man that I would like to tell you, his name is Seng Gao. Name sounds very foreign and very strange, of course. It's Chinese. He's from China. Uh, since he was a kid, he was already performing with the Shaolin... Troop. as you know, 20 years ago, Shaolin had their show throughout yeah, Europe yeah. and into America. I'm sure they've been to UK. You probably have seen it or seen it on TV. They were very popular. And this young man, since he was like eight or 10 years old, he was already in the troop being the little boy who was doing, they call it a tong gong, means the kids have their own Kung Fu. And in Chinese, we call it tong gong. And then of course, he went on to win twice uh, champion uh, world championship of wushu in china and to expand his own career he came to he went to america and uh, he's not an american he opened up his own studio but his dream always has been to follow the first step of B and jackie chan mm-hmm. but you know what he, he he i only met him about six months ago when i Finish my script and I'm looking for actors and I happened to find him, find him on YouTube immediately. I was impressed. And just to give you his title, he has three titles in three consecutive year in America, all related to all American karate championship means in these championship, all karate goals, whether you are Taekwondo, karate or Ushu, anybody can get up there and perform with your own weapon. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys either do Japanese sword, nunchuck, staff. But what makes Sen so special? He's not just a wushu artist. He can operate 10 different weapons easily, just like that. Wow. And one of his specialties, I was talking about being a dancer. We call it tour en air, tour en air in French means you are traveling in the air, spinning twice, then on the floor with balance. Imagine a human body spinning in the air, not vertically, but horizontally. Twice, not once. It's 720 <laughs> degrees. That is inhuman because that can only be done if you're is around and say, okay, I'm going to put you on a wiring.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Am I right? Yeah. Because no human can do it but many can do 360 degree, Mark can do it. But this young man, Sengao, can do 720 degree and 10 weapons easily with his eyes closed. And that's why he won three times championship, which is world championship. He beat out everybody else. Because when you see him on stage operating in these weapons, it's like his chopsticks. He can just close his eyes and whatever he does, it's Magical. Mm -hmm. It's like Jelly had done it 20 years ago. Look at what this young man can do today. Amazing. Which I already gave you the video that you can edit it in, you know, as as you like Mm -hmm. to show his incredibleness. My own podcast, which I would like to give it a plug. I had my own podcast just about two weeks ago. It's called Countful Legends by James Pax, Hartleach Production on YouTube, easy, Kung Fu Legends by James Pax, you'll be able to find me. And he will be my next uh, guest on my, oh, on my show. It's very new, we only had three episodes, but I got 15 other videos on the YouTube already. I hope I can emulate you that we can be on the YouTube, uh, uh, Apple, whatever, you know, that we can be appreciated, and we should link up together. Yeah, definitely. But Sengal is an amazing young man that I hope I can help him to make him Another Jet B. That's what I That's what I would like to do for this young man. And along with many other uh, aspiring actors, or I should say aspiring martial artists, mm. I would like to help them as well. One other man that I recently met and I already uh, uh, started promoting him, his name is Chris Collins. He was, his episode was just uploaded yesterday, Friday, every Friday we upload a new episode. And I did a whole a uh, uh, 40 minutes episode about Chris Collins, an American, but went to Hong Kong, struggled for 20 years, and now he's a Wushu master. Uh, half have American, half have Chinese. And uh, a very touching story about his success in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. But he, he wants to get into Hollywood and I'm trying to find a way to put him on the map of Hollywood. And I would definitely like him to join with me in my show movie, he can be part of the choreographer yeah. with Seng together. Because I think with him and Seng you're gonna see a completely new Kung Fu film. That is gonna remind you of the 80s, good old 80s mm-hmm. uh, Shaw Brothers film, you know, Wim Biu and yeah, all of yeah. that. But also there's gonna be new moves that's- Created by these younger generations, which I hope I can create a new brand like I said, Shouting Warrior Seven. Hopefully, it will become a classic just like Samurai Seven. Oh, yeah, 7 Samurai.
0: It's it's definitely got me excited, and I'm sure you as well, Chris, listening to everything that. that Absolutely, James has had to say. I was
1: just going to recommend somebody else actually, who somebody as well we think should be a bigger star than he actually is. Some I mean, you've probably heard of him, but Scott Ad- Adkins who, um, he, uh, Dave has interviewed him, um, recently and, uh, you know, he's an incredible martial artist and, you know, some of the things that he can do as well. And he's been in some awesome, awesome films, one with Michael J. White, um, undisputed, yes. was it Dave? Mm. Um, mm. so, and, you know, keep him in mind as well, because and I know he's, does yeah. does a few YouTube videos. So I'm sure he'd be willing to come and talk to you as well. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it?
2: Oh yeah, being maybe cool. you can make a referral. I definitely would like to uh, Yeah, talk sure. Yeah, it would. Yes, do. and I will, of course. Maybe, maybe I can bring them onto my show. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I'll put I'll yeah. put links to everything that you do, James. In you know, into the notes for this show as well, so everybody can find and follow everything. Please that, do. Please that do. Yes, I will do.
2: I, like I said, I'm blessed. I made the initiation to contact you, and yet you responded, and that's what I call spreading good calm. and that's what I call it's meant to be. You know, it was the right timing. I contacted you and you responded. And now we are joined together. And those are the energies I wanted to spread around the world. Well, it's, it's, it's nice, and, James.
0: It, it's nice that, you know, we see you. We see you initially in a movie that we love. And then later on, we get contact with you. Next thing, we're swapping WhatsApp messages. Now we're, we're through the beauty of the internet and the digital age. We're looking at each other and talking to each other and recording these shows. Fingers crossed. Mm. Hopefully later in the year, we'll get to meet you in person at at these events and all being well, I think with everything that you've got planned for this year, I think it'll be a case, Chris, of us recording a show, hopefully in person with James towards the end of the year, you know, over here in the UK would be excellent.
2: Hopefully soon, hopefully sooner than, than later.
1: It would, and it'd be great to do a follow-up, you know, uh, when everything that you've talked about becomes a huge success and we can, you know, we can sort of brag about it and say, well, we were there when James was talking <laughs> about it in its conceptual form. And then, you know, when it's become a, a real thing and it's gone on to be a huge success, that would be incredible. Yeah,
0: because we cover we cover movies and and everything and video games, and so it would be great, all these little pieces that you've got coming together to create this big hole with Shaolin Warriors 7. We, it'd be really good to, to carry on covering that and, and, and to hear more let's about you, that. of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we shall let's pencil let's it in for definitely later. Definitely do that, yes. Yeah, we will.
2: If this thing, if this Comic-Con happens, uh, you definitely have to come and meet me. First one, I'm looking at uh, Manchester. I know it's in April. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the boss to say, James, I'm ready to help you. You know, join up uh, and, and I'm going to do a five-city tour because that's where I suggested. Do a five city tour, I will sign an exclusive contract with you for 2022 in UK.
1: That'd be amazing. I'm a big believer in, you know, if you do, if you're a good person and you do good things, then good things will come back to you. Like you said about karma. So hopefully then that will, that will happen. And that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm
2: -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for your, for your, for your encouragement and your well wishes. Chris and Dave, you are wonderful guys. I would love to uh keep this wonderful relationship long lasting for another 10, 20 years down the road. Hopefully by then we will all join hands and have a have a beer and say, My God, look what we did for the last 20 years and we're all yeah. getting old, but you know what? We accomplished something totally out of this world.
0: That's something that's something good wonderful. to look forward to, definitely, James. Exactly. Really.
2: And because f- I feel success should not be a one person. It's not about the president. It's about the whole group mm-hmm. the let's let's supported him, you know, and that's the way I see it. Yeah. yeah. So let's not be all big headed about things. I really <laughs> think people should join together. Yeah. Let's all make it a better world for everybody, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: I, th- I think that that's a very, a very good sentiment to end, end the show on James. And thank you again for giving us your time. And we look forward to seeing everything that you've got planned for this year and beyond and, chatting with you again and hopefully meeting you in person so thank you james
2: thank you dave and chris thank you pleasure
0: and the alarm bell as always brings to an end another interview show how are you feeling chris
1: oh wow that was awesome i um i like to speak to somebody who i've watched many many times and was one of my favorite characters from the movie um and it was a bit surreal, as I was fine with these things. It, it, they're a little bit surreal. You know, last this time, well, last year, I was I was talking to Adam about a film that I love. And now I'm talking to somebody who's a big part of it. <laughs> it's just it's kind of weird. Um But, you know, James was such an awesome guy. I love, love this, uh, I'm sure people have picked up on it. There's so many things that I loved about he's his. his um interview was his attitude towards life you know his ambition Mm -hmm. the things he's done, what what we talked about i mean obviously the focus is heavily on big trouble in little china but as i said in the show it's great that you know he's willing more than willing to talk about it Uh, and it's sometimes as i mentioned sometimes you know people they are known for maybe one or two things um and they're reluctant to talk about it because they've told stories multiple times and they're just like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. But he knows that people love it so much and he's so appreciative of the fans. And I think that's the big thing is that, you know, he loves um, his fans and he's more than happy to tell them about something that is a big part of their life. So brilliant. Yeah. And I learned so many different things about what he's going on. I can't believe he's got time to podcast. You know, he's, <laughs> has he got time to do these things? You know, he's got so much happening
0: yeah it's it, there's a lot on it's going to be a busy year for him i mean everything he's got going sounds amazing and like i said during the interview links to everything that he's doing will be in the podcast notes to make sure to uh to have a read of those and i do believe at one point mate that he called you a martial arts master oh. <laughs> yeah when you brought up oh
1: tell tell him about some of your fights <laughs> or martial arts i was thinking dave you bastard <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um you know, but um, you know, I'm sure. Well, my still fighting in a in a sports hall a couple of times as pales in comparison, really, doesn't it? But still, uh, no, it was good. And the thing is, I wouldn't call myself a martial arts master at, at all, in, or uh, you know, somebody Asian cinema, whatever. Certainly not. But I do like martial arts movies. Of you know, I mean, you, you, when you going back to you interviewing Cynthia Rothrock all those years ago, mm-hmm. watched many of her films. You know, so that era, like I said, uh, Jackie Chan, Young Biu, Sammo Hung, you know, all of those stars. Cynthia Rothrock who appeared in some of their movies. Um, that's kind of like what I love. You know, so uh, it's great that he was willing to talk about all that stuff. He's such a gracious, nice person. I think that's the main thing, isn't it? He's a nice person yeah. yeah, definitely. you know and his message about positivity um hopefully will uh, pay off for him and uh, you know it, with what he's doing with uh, his projects multiple projects mm-hmm. um will pay off and uh, he's got big ambitions uh but and hopefully we can see him in person at some point this year that'd be cool i hope so yeah because
0: like i said on the show we've been you know, we've been covering monopoly events more or less since monopoly events began and, you know, all the different comic cons, so fingers crossed that you can get across here. That that would be awesome. And you were saying about, you know, about him being a genuinely, a really nice guy. Uh, and just to pull the curtain back a little bit, when we finished recording, I uh, had a lovely voice message on WhatsApp from him, um, which we both listened to, haven't we, Chris? Which, again, you know, just shows what
1: what a lovely guy he is yeah absolutely um and uh, much like us we're nice guys aren't we and yeah they say nice guys finish last but i don't necessarily believe that anymore so <laughs> <laughs> no well
0: again hopefully going forward other interview shows could do them together mate you know things like this where it works out perfectly doesn't it that you know that we can have a chat so yeah, keep keep a close eye, people, on the spotlight reflection shows that Chris and Adam do. You never know; there might be some follow up interviews going on. You don't, you never know. Watching them, mate, from now on, do you?
1: Well, no, you don't. Um, although it's the sad thing about doing those movies, on some level, is that because they are from the eighties and nineties, is that a lot of the people are no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> That is definitely a downside. we have to catch them while they're still here. But yeah. no, that'd be good. Um, you never know. We might get to talk to Nicole Kidman about BMX Bandits um, <laughs> or something. Or Michael Crawford about Condor Man. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. But no, um, that's that's the thing. And after listening to your podcast about your dreams coming true and everything that's happened to you in terms of Samurai Cop and going to Hollywood, you you'd never know, do you? you just, you know, you're thinking you'd, I mean, we discussed it in the show, you know, you're doing something that's kind of, I suppose, normal day to day or whatever. And then it just opens up a door somewhere yeah. down the line and you never know, do you? You do never know. So
0: Yeah, that's it. There's there's many stories and, you know, we're proof of that of just stay positive and do what you love doing and keep doing it no matter what people say. You know, I've had people in the past when they started podcasting, oh, what are you doing that for? You don't get paid for it. You know, why are you wasting time doing that? And it's, well, I enjoy doing it. And good things have come out of it, you know, and and that's not just to say, oh, you know, going to Hollywood and all that kind of stuff, doing Blu-ray commentaries, sat here with friends like yourself and recording things like that, which is, you know, time well spent, I think. So, yeah, just stay positive and enjoy what you're doing, which again, which is just reiterates what James said and his positivity. If more people could could stick to being like that than being not quite as positive, especially on different social media platforms, the world might be a better place,
1: mate. Yes, and it's helped keep me sane over the last 10 years, um, particularly with the introduction of children.
2: (laughs) Many a time
1: where I've come to the microphone and just had a crappy day or, you know, stressful and just been able to have a laugh with my friends and talk about stuff that I love. So, um, yeah, long may continue. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, Well, hopefully everybody knows by now, but for those of you that don't, go to 60mw.co.uk. That's numerical 60, not alphabetical everything's on there lots of different format shows that we do not just the interview shows of which there are a lot of interview shows on there that you can pick from if you enjoyed this one there's all different shows about movies music video games take your pick have a listen to any of them See what you think written reviews news items links to our social media instagram and twitter is at 60mw podcast your twitter mate should anybody want to follow you too i'm at dastardly jabby and that's everything that you can do. Write us a re- review. We haven't had the first review of 2022 yet. That would be nice. Uh, it's always nice to get reviews in. No, no matter what you think, um just let us know what you think. Give us a star rating, two out of five, if you want to. Uh, but it's always good to get some feedback from people that are listening. And if you've enjoyed this show as well, and you've got friends who you think might enjoy it, share it with them. Uh, let them know that we exist and all the other shows that we do too. And uh, as we try to continue to expand our audience in what is now for 60MW, it's going to be our eighth year in September, mate.
1: Bloody hell. That's flowing by, hasn't it? It's gone pretty, it's gone
0: pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully going forward, lots and lots more shows for everybody to listen to. But for now, for this one, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks, mate, to you for joining in. It was awesome to do an interview show with you. And again, Pleasure. hopefully we're going to do some more. Uh, but until next time, uh, thank you. And goodbye. Bye-bye.